Good afternoon. Welcome to the Channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Quite the interesting trade day today in the market numbers. You know, we started out with a lot of negativity and that negative feel on the trade ended up only being the soybean oil and the rice, which we don't talk about rice, but those were the only ones that really saw the negatives on the trade. On the livestock side, we did have a couple contracts that were negative from a hog perspective, but otherwise a lot of green on the screen. Today we're going to kind of make sense of what happened and what's going on in this market turnaround. We've had some a decent numbers happy in the box beef trade, even with a slight setback for today. We have a cattle on feed report out tomorrow, and the weather, no matter if you're looking at grain or livestock, it is having some talks about. Mike Zuzalo joins us today. Mike is with Global Commodity Analytics. And Mike, let's first of all talk about this market turnaround and, and what you sensed and saw as this trade went on today. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a, a welcome change that there was a pushback from the bull and that the market felt like they had done enough damage because we were getting into some serious negative territory, Susan. And, you know, we had gotten into levels, uh, for instance, when it came to the uh, hard red wheat, the lowest level since July of 2021. Um, as we talked about on midday update today, um, the Russia-Ukraine grain deal was being talked about again and trying to restart that. It seemed as though that got no, uh, took on no life of its own or was unable to get any kind of legs underneath it. Um, but that break in the wheat market helped push the corn down to its lowest level since December 2020. And, you know, when you have a commitment to traders report from about a week ago now showing managed money, futures and options traders at a net short position of almost 231,000 contracts and them being the biggest net short since June of 2020. So, almost three years ago, um, you got to wonder how many more net short positions are going to want to be accrued at this point, especially in the aftermath of the USDA report now being factored in and through uncertainty about South American crop production potential in, in both beans and especially in corn. So I like the way we turned around. It made a lot of sense. Um, it, it, I think it's a combination of things, and it was a wide-ranging um, move in the commodity space of the 30 or 32 commodity related assets I track daily, only six were lower and that included Bitcoin and 10 year bonds. And the other side of that too is the equities markets were moderately higher, but they weren't leading an overall risk on rally. So I would paint the picture today on the close with volume moderate, but not as big as yesterday on a preliminary basis that we got something started here, but we really need to finish strong now on a weekly close, especially in that soft red wheat. It looked like to me the hard red was being bought against the soft red. If this is going to be about funds and it's going to be about the market not worrying about China anymore, then the crude oil and the soft red wheat should be the leaders to the upside. Well, and I understand, too, that uh, from what I was hearing, ethanol facilities obviously are needing the grain. Grain's not moving in many areas because of this winter weather. But then we don't have folks driving either. So it's kind of like this catch-22 going on for the ethanol industry. I I couldn't agree more. And I think today's numbers were kind of a wake-up call to the ethanol bull. We knew we had been skating on some negative numbers, you know, 10, 15 cents a gallon uh, negative over the course of the last month or so. Um, but the, the stocks data, you know, kind of blew the doors off of expectation. We went up to almost, well, right about 25.7 million barrels. Um, that's the highest since March uh, of last year. 
And so we're literally tracking an eight, nine month high in ethanol stocks. And, and you know, that was a, with an output on a weekly basis that was down fractionally. So I think it helps explain why the unleaded gas prices have continued to fall with the crude oil, but the distillate or diesel prices in the cash market have seemed to have stopped going down. I think actually they were up about five or six cents on the week this week when uh, looked at at the, at the top of the week. So I think this is a really key time period for the diesel um, needs that need to be locked in for the springtime. I did some up until March, um, but I was waiting on the planting time period to see what the crude oil would do. I'm really kind of scratching around now and thinking that it's time to get some diesel needs locked in here in the next 10 to 15 days. And it seems like the wire itself has been on the quieter side. I know we'll get the weekly numbers coming out tomorrow because of the holiday on Monday, but just not a lot of excitement to do movement. No, I think that's exactly right. You know, one of the things you, that, that I think did catch the market's attention, and this is we can't do a deep dive on it just because of time constraints, but the World Trade Organization came out with an update on the shipments of wheat through the Suez Canal and the Red Sea, and they've seen in the first half of January a 40% decline. And when you net net it out, in my opinion, Susan, that's actually beneficial for the United States because it's costing Europeans and 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 uh, Ukrainians and Russians, I, I think generally speaking, more now to get wheat to where they need to go. And it actually makes us more competitive, even if you have to factor in some of the Panama Canal issues. Um, and, and it depends on where you load out at, but I think that that maybe got some traction in the market as well um, from a standpoint of both the crude oil and the wheat market. But again, as I said, I'll reiterate, we need a lot more of this tomorrow. We need soft red wheat, for instance. I would love to see close above 595. I think that would be very constructive. And it would be very constructive as well to see all the grains and the soy close at a, on a weekly uh, weekly higher basis, especially with those soybeans threatening that $12 level again. All right. Well, stick around, folks. When we come back, we're going to find out how the dollar's factoring in at all this. And then the interesting, uh, obviously, trade that we're seeing on the livestock side as well. We know that they've got a lot of weather influences there. We've got a cattle on feed report that comes out tomorrow afternoon at 2 o'clock. We'll also take a look at the box beef trade and really wondering what procurement's like, uh, because we know that many of those plants are having to do some schedule changing because of what Mother Nature's been throwing at them. More is coming up. It is the channel final bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. A Best of Both Worlds product portfolio is one of the aspects to look forward to from the new channel brand in 2025. Here's Matt McGuire, new channel dealer from Wisner, Nebraska. With bringing in Fontenelle and Channel together, I think that our portfolios will also be second to none, especially on the corn side. It'll fill holes for both companies that customers may have seen there before, and I think it's just going to uh, make us really rock solid on the corn side. For more, contact your local Channel Seed Pro in Nebraska, Kansas, and Colorado. KRVN. Welcome back to the Channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As our conversation does continue with Mike Zuzalo with Global Commodity Analytics, let's look at the basis. What are you hearing out in the countryside at this point? Well, it's interesting to see after the grain stocks report, you know, we're still seeing a firming basis in the corn market. And and that would make sense from a standpoint that the farmers are holding 16% more than a year ago at this point, Susan. But I think we're getting to a point now as we get to the second half of January, if we've got that much corn left 
and we're heading into February where we figure up our base price for the new crop with the crop insurance uh, for corn and beans. I think we might, generally speaking, we're really looking hard at some basis contracts because if the farmer has that much more corn and the future starts to go higher, I would think as soon as they start letting go, the commercials will start walking on the basis and widening it out and trying to compensate for the potential futures rally. And I I probably wouldn't have talked about that today um, because we hadn't had any kind of turnaround. But with the turnaround today, I think it's something for producers to start thinking about. And if they need more detailed explanations, um, feel free to contact me. There's a limited amount I can say about individual recommendations because of compliance constraints. What about the dollar? I mean, that thing has had kind of a stronghold, unfortunately, on any export opportunities. Yes, it has. And I'm glad you brought the dollar up in this week's commentary because we're just coming off a nine to 10 week low in the Chinese offshore currency and a five to six week low in the Brazilian real. And that's in no uh, shape or form not due to the stronger dollar and the negative Chinese sentiment about their economy and about their deflation because they had a lot of economic data come out um, about 48 hours ago, roughly speaking. So we really need to reverse that trend and reverse that cycle of taking the dollar up against those two major currencies because it decreases China's buying power for our beans. It increases Brazil's selling power into China compared to us. And that is a big deal in 2024 with 280 million bushels of beans coming into this new crop year. So switching over gears to the livestock side, we do have a cattle on feed report that comes out tomorrow. Uh, before we dive into the rest of this cattle market, what are your preliminary early thoughts of it? It's about time um, for the rally that we saw today. The boxed beef, I think, finally caught the attention of the cash market. Um, the boxed beef choice select spread It's the most narrow since March of last year at a little over $15 as of yesterday's close. I think that's probably a great deal to that choice number running away because of the weather that we've had. And so I think that was one of the key catalysts that got the futures and the cash to look at each other and say, what are you doing? And the other one said, I don't know, what are you doing? Well, let's go higher. And all of a sudden, we're now at the highest level in April fat cattle since November 22nd of last year. We're now above the USDA's second quarter steer price average of 177, heading into Friday's numbers. And so I'm on kind of red alert at this point because that's a number that I don't want to lose. I think a 177, 178 hedge is a decent place to put a floor in underneath you. When the USDA said last Friday on their USDA WASDE numbers, they were going to cut beef exports and raise beef imports and raise 24 beef production to the tune of about 250 million ton, uh, million, bush, million pounds total, that's about a 1% increase onto the production number. So I love playing the rally here into the report, um, but I may want to get some hedges on before the report if I can get another $1, $2 rally. Box beef prices, any surprises that came to you on that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think, the big deal for the for the markets this week when it comes to the cash market not developing. I think the cash market developed through the box beef thanks to the weather and thanks to the lack of packers and lack of workers at the slaughterhouses. Um, I, I would say one other thing uh, that I think really is important as we go into the middle part of winter, um, the thing that I'm hearing a lot of right now, Susan, is that 12 million head on feed number and how big that is, and it is. 
But uh, with this report coming out on Friday, the average trade guess has got it at about 11.3 million on feed as of January 1. We don't want to see 12 million again at this point. Otherwise, I think we're susceptible to some liquidation and some breaks to the downside. And as you and I were talking during the commercial break, uh, the computers are doing all the work. Not a lot of human discussion when it comes to trading these numbers because of the weather. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up, too, because that's something that we're just now starting to embrace in the farming and in the ranching. And and I've got a a Nebraska uh, conference coming up next week, in fact, a week from today, um, that I'm going to be talking about the funds versus the fundamentals. And I'm going to be laying out how to combat and beat down and beat back some of these newer ways to trade. And I think one thing in in the real-time aspect is the 52-week moving average in the live cattle of 173.80 area. We've been able to get above that for the first time in several weeks. We don't want to let that slip, I don't think, after we come back on Monday after those report numbers are out. I think that would be potentially a negative feature for those mechanical algorithmic trading funds. All right, real fast, best way to get a hold of you. Globalcomresearch.com, Globalcom with two M's, research.com. All right, that is today's Channel Final Bell, brought to you by Channel Seed and their Channel Seed Professionals on the Rural Radio Network.